Welcome to the Calmest Rebels podcast. I'm Jenny Field. I'm Advita Patel. And I'm Trudy Lewis. Today, I want us to talk about the metaverse. And before anyone switches off, don't switch off. No, I really want us to talk about this. And the reason I'm saying don't switch off is because when I initially shared um, my interest in this topic on my social channels, people were a little bit, let's say, not encouraging. Oh, were they not? <laughs> no, Aww. people were very much like, oh gosh, we can't even get teams right. And <laughs> yeah, can't no, telling us about metaverse. We're just, we're just about <laughs> to figure out what Skype is and Skype's gone, you know. And I get it. I get the sentiment behind it. And I know the technology that is accessible to many in organisations is laughable to even think about something so big as the metaverse. But since Mark Zuckerberg, it's not it's not his idea, by the way, by any stretch of the imagination, but since he's brought it to more of the public domain, it's something that I've been looking into. I was commissioned to do a piece of work on it as well a few months ago, and I've been proper knee deep in research and understanding what this metaverse concept means and why, as business leaders and communicators, we should start paying a little bit more attention to the metaverse. Now, those of you who don't know what the metaverse is, I'm going to do a little definition here. And metaverse is an immersive digital reality separate from the physical world, right? So meta means beyond and verse means universe. And it's so it's, it's about being in an alternative place, basically. So when you put those VR, so VR is virtual reality. And when you put those virtual reality goggles on, and we've all seen them, I hope, you know, in gaming and stuff, you're transported into a different universe. And it's used a lot in gaming world at the moment, but they've decided to look at bringing that out of the gaming world because everything that's going on in the world of work with working from home and hybrid working, it's an opportunity for us to embrace this technology and make it a more of an immersive experience for people who are working away from the office or are not in that space. And not only in terms of that, but I've also researched, there's people using this in terms of trialing it out in different locations across the globe. So whether you're based in Hong Kong or Australia or US, that you can still be in the same virtual office in the metaverse. And it's just a really fascinating concept. And there was this story that I read about what the future could look like. And the reason I want to want us to talk about it now, because if you take us back 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, and where technology was then and where it is today, you, we may think it's, you know, it, oh, we've had the smartphone, we've had this, but it's changed a lot since 2000 uh, in the last 20 years. And we have access to technology that we never felt we would ever have access to. Okay. And I remember when I was like, 14 and 15 and then my dad brought home a modem and a computer because we didn't have one at home and it was like 56 kb and it took about 17 hours to load a page <laughs> but the and that was only like um, you know that was only 30 what 25 years ago I think. five years ago yeah, I mean, five. Last year. Yeah. <laughs> just the other day and, and and then i remember them buying me a you know those um mini TVs you can watch in bed with an aerial that came out. I don't know if any... Did oh, you know? I didn't have one of those. Portable TV. No, I didn't have portable one of those. TV? It was a portable TV. I didn't TV. have one, but I knew... It I was a portable TV, a little tiny screen and an aerial, and you had to kind of move around in your bed bedroom a little bit to get the signal. <laughs> but it's like, you know, but that was like in 1994, 1995, and then you got the iPods, and, you know, and things have changed. And now everything in this phone that you have is all there. And I see the metaverse being like that in 10, 15, 20 years to some aspect. So I want to kind of bring it to the table to both of you because I know 
we've had conversations about this and, and Jenny's done a few eye rolls <laughs> and Trudy's done a bit of, oh, what is this about? So I want us to kind of talk about not only the metaverse as it is, but also things like virtual reality, things like augmented reality, artificial intelligence. I want us to really dig deep in terms of what does this mean for business leaders in the world of work and who we are as advisors and strategists and communicators and what what do you think we need to do to upskill ourselves in this space or do we need to upskill ourselves and do you think it's just a trend that's going to die out over the next few years mm. uh, and I want to go to who shall I go to I'm going to go to Jenny it's like spin, <laughs> it's like spin the wheel <laughs> um, so I have I have done a few eye rolls and 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 part of the eye rolls are because of the video that you shared with us which we should put in the show notes which yeah. is uh, like an example of what it could be like. But the video is quite old now, I think. Isn't it's it? the Adobe video. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a old. couple of years old. But in watching that video, it it just, um, it's sort of a video of somebody waking up and going about their day and how there is a more augmented reality yeah. around them because I guess they've got glasses on or yeah. whatever. And as someone that wears glasses, I immediately go, well, this won't work. It's, because it's, I think it's a mixed reality. Yeah. So how do I put something on my face when I've already got glasses on to be able to just see let alone see things that aren't really there. Um, and it just felt very noisy. And that was the thing for me and all the work that I do about, you know, being human and needing the brain needing quiet to process and all those kind of things. I just felt that it, it, I didn't really know where to look or what I would be doing because there was just so much kind of going on. I suppose to your question of, you know, what do leaders need to be doing? What do we need to be doing as advisors to leaders and, and businesses? There is a need for us to upskill. And I think that that has to be addressed for anyone in business. You know, whatever role you're doing, we do have to understand the pace of technology. We have to understand how that could impact organisations. And that brings us back to sort of just, you know, good practice in organisations of that horizon scanning and what's going on. I think there needs to be a bit of a reality to your point of people saying, we've just got teams working. <laughs> I don't want to talk about VR. Um, I, there is that reality of time that I think... It it's almost feels like it's so far away that I don't know tangibly what what are the steps I need to take in order to not even get there, but to even be able to see what that reality is like. And I think that's where we get a bit stuck of I've got no past experience to draw on to know the impact this is going to have or how long it's going to take for it to, to come to the fore in organisations. But I was reading something about future CEOs recently, and it was definitely around having you know, a technology and a business strategy that's much more combined mm-hmm. rather than a business strategy and a technology strategy. And I think that's important. Yeah. That I think the use of technology to enable business success is probably more powerful than it's ever been, yeah. to your point, because of how much change has been. And I think having those conversations and those brainstorming discussions and those things about what you might want to be doing or what you want to achieve and then how technology can enable that mm-hmm. with some really, you know, out there thinking that's not really very out there because it does exist is what probably needs to be happening now to to then have those conversations where you're talking about I don't know having you know sort of virtual reality inductions or you're having you know everyone's at home and they've got the headsets on but they're in a boardroom so we're all together and there's like your avatar walks in the room and you feel like you're in a space together that doesn't feel that far away Mm -hmm. you know from for, for those working in offices 
So then if that's what we want to create for our culture, what are the steps that we need to do to kind of get there rather than just ignoring it because it's too far away? And that comes back to being intentional about what you want to achieve in your organisation and then how technology will enable that. So that's that's probably where where I'm at. I definitely think there's a need to upskill, and I and we said that when we when we picked this topic was well, this will be great because you can just tell us everything we need to know because exactly. you know, you've done the piece of work. Because I don't so, know anything yeah, about so, my, very much so. So I about think it. that's a bit this important. I think what isn't helpful though is is possibly things like that video where it just made me feel like I, uh, this is not a world I want to live in where I'm I'm cycling to work and I've got the map in front of me, which I can see. And then it takes, I was like, this is so dangerous, so dangerous, so much risk. <laughs> you know, if I've got my headset on and I'm cycling, how do I know what's around me? And then it's telling me to go this way because there's an accident. And like, why can't I just have my phone on my handlebars that can just show me which way? Like there's, there's and, and I know it has yeah. to evolve. And I, yeah. but I think sometimes organizations that are developing some of this technology want to show us all these possibilities which are just not not terrifying that sounds because it's not that it's just overwhelming mm. to a place of that's not a world i want to be in yes and i suppose that's yeah. that's where you then go i don't so therefore i'm not yeah. going to do it. and there are yeah. programs that aren't helpful so we've recently watched a program on Netflix, which for the life of me, I can't remember what it's called. And it's got Josh Hartnett in it and it's about AI and it's a financial thing. I shall have to dig it out while we're talking. But that's again, not helpful because it's it's making AI scary. Mm. And I don't think that helps us if there is such opportunity Mm. from technology when all we're seeing from the entertainment sector and the media sector is how AI can take over the world. And Mm. all of a sudden you're Mm. killing people and you don't know. Like, That that doesn't help us go, this is a great idea for us to invest in for our organisation <laughs> at all. And I yeah. think we have to be mindful of that, you know. Mm. So so that's my thoughts on it. Yeah. I think that I think that's a good thoughts. But you know, Thank it's funny you. funny how you saw Adobe's video as a bit of a oh my god, I don't want that. I saw it as oh my god, that looks amazing. Like but I, I know I had the opposite no. reaction. Yeah. I was like, I love that. I love the fact that you can put on these pair of glasses and have but Everything. you wear glasses. How would you yeah. put glasses on that, over glasses? That, that is just, that is a problem I don't need to worry about. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because there'll be, yeah. there'll be somebody out there who'll be Figure working, that out. You'll have new eyeballs by then that somebody's created is, for you. I, I know that there's more intelligent people who are in this world who are probably figuring out a better way to make it more accessible to people who may not be able to wear the glasses that they like yeah. pretended event. You know, that's not, I don't worry myself with stuff like that. I am more looking at, oh, I love the fact you can press on that button and get a map. But doesn't this, so this is already interesting yeah. just about us as different people because yeah. working together, you're always the one that's like, look at this great big idea. And I'm like, yes, but how is this actually going to work? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the difference is you're like, this looks amazing. Yeah. And I'm like, but I can't see... I can't see or visualise how this could work. And, and and that's where I get stuck. Yeah. And I think when you get to that point, I my my methodology is, do I need to know the technicalities of how that works? Or do I need to understand the benefits that's going to bring to the work that I and do? And even with that, I can't see the benefit that brings. So I'll we're stop, going to, we're going to talk that. about, we're going to talk about the benefits in a bit. Go on, Trude, what about you? Wow. <laughs> I feel like I'm just sitting on a fence watching the two of you. (laughs) Hop off the fence. Come join us. So I have so many thoughts about this, even just from that introduction. And it's all mixed up in partially what Jenny was saying. So I do agree. I didn't particularly like that video. I didn't find it like exciting about the future and so on. It just made me think, I don't want to be there. I don't want that kind of reality. But it also made me think, and it always does. So I'd, I'd gone to a presentation a while back about VR and, and AI and so on. 
and and it showed us an alternate re- reality. And the first thing that came to my mind is about belonging, inclusion, and people's mental mental health. That's the first thing that came to me. And I was thinking, I don't know if that's really going to be healthy for us to get involved in. Um, not to say that we shouldn't get involved in it, but that these were some of the things that we needed to think of in addition to implementing all this fancy, wonderful technology. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the carefulness or probably the, uh, the, the mindfulness that you have need to have around how it's going to impact people, mm-hmm. which is what we should be thinking about as well. So it's interesting, Jenny mentions this as well, the idea that you're just shown this technological aspect of everything and the prettiness of it and the glossiness, but you're not shown, you know, some real tangible benefits, how it's going to work, you know, some of the whys behind it. And that for me is what people need more than seeing the flashy, the pretty, Mm -hmm. the so on. And because the minute I see a tool, if I'm advising a leader about a new tool to use or a new channel, I never go at it from, oh, look how pretty this looks. Mm. Many of them do, not a criticism, but it's just a natural thing to do. You look at these tools and you think, oh my goodness, and especially the people selling them, you know, they they show you all the singing and dancing and so on. And it's very attractive. And then on top of that, it's mixed with, well, this is the latest trend. This is what everybody's doing. So you feel that you have Mm. to do it because you, you don't want to miss out. My angle is always, well, what's the benefit? Why are, we, why are we doing this? Why are we using this? Why is this going to make a difference to how my team or my, my employees experience work? And I think unless that becomes forefront, then I have a real resistance to some of it because I'm thinking, I don't want to see the pretty, flashy, whatever. I want to see, don't oversimplify simplify what it is, contextualise it for me. Mm. I need it in context. And I think it's, I don't, I don't see it as a flashy thing. I think it's, it's demonstrating possibilities. And I think we have to, and the reason I am, I am so passionate, it might be because of my te- technical background, you know, I, maybe I, for those who don't know, I did a degree in information technology years ago. Don't ask me any IT questions. But it has driven me into tech, right? And I've been quite heavily involved in te- technical advancements mm-hmm. and working with digital transformation and all that kind of jazz. And it's it's always excited me and it's always excited me because of the possibilities. Mm. And one of my fears is that if we don't pay attention to what is happening and we don't and we can't contribute to the conversation about what's happening, it will run away with our, our thoughts and mm. considerations. Yep. And it's already a very male-dominated industry. It's very tech-dominated, which is rightly so. And we, as communicators and leaders, sometimes don't even get involved in the conversation that take place in organisations to understand, to Trudy's point, what are the benefits and why are we investing in this piece of technology? Mm. And before we can even have that conversation, it's already gone leaps ahead and it's not fit for purpose because I've not spoken as people. And I want us, us in the sense of the wider community, the publics, to kind of really think about how can I influence this conversation and what do we need to be aware of so I can be ready to understand what I need to do in my life? Because it's just, it's going to, whether we want it or not, it's going to happen, right? It's it's like the web. So when web 1.0 came out, so the first web, which was very static, it was very it was very broadcast there was no engagement yeah i would say you know we were quite happy with that i would say it's like oh my god we got access it's like the the um you could find out anything you wanted couldn't you just google google wasn't around there was yahoo right or AOL. Oh, ask jeeves well ask jeeves was was the 
starter of Web 2.0 where you could do oh. interaction, where you could ask the That's mach- what I remember. Yeah, yeah, so that's when you can start asking the questions and they respond to you, right? And it becomes very interactive. Mm. So it moves away from static. Now we're working in Web 3.0 which is where we're looking at the immersive technology and the AR and VR and AI. And that's where transition is going to happen, right? The web is changing already. It's a very interactive space and you can immerse yourself into that world already. It's just not as wide as it is at the moment, but it'll get there. And if we don't keep up, we're going to miss out and we're going to be, we're going to be the laggards. Remember? Yeah. We're going to be the laggards like our parents were. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. But, but, but. So I would, there's a few things in my head. There is firstly, there is a lot for communicators and business leaders to keep on top of. You know, we've got things like ESG, for example, that's come to the fore in recent years. You've obviously got the triple bottom line anyway of purpose, profit and people. We've got people focused on sustainability. We've got people focused on climate change and having to spend the time to understand, learn, adapt, all those things. Then you put on top of that something like the metaverse, which feels so far away and not immediate for us to upskill on, that it's a bit like, well, where do I start? Do I spend time learning more about things like ESG and climate change and sustainability and what we need to do to save our planet? Or do I spend time looking at the metaverse and understanding that? Or do I need to do all of these things all at the same time? Because I think that's... It's hand in hand. It's it's not a separate... The metaverse is is not going to be uh, something that's accessible to everybody, Right. That is, and not everybody's going to, it's not going to work for many organisations, but it's the elements behind the metaverse that we need to invest in. And things like sustainable. What, but what, what are those? So things like VR, virtual reality, okay. augmented reality, artificial intelligence, right? Those are the things that make metaverse what it is to, you know, what it is. And there's, there is loads of um, benefits, but there's also, you know, not great things for this technology. And to Trudy's point, you know, it can, it will, you know, human beings are not meant to be, sat in front of a screen for a long period of time and we're already seeing mental health problems with that so bringing the goggles and you're in that immersed there's been incidents and tests done that is does impact the human brain so we have to be very conscious about that but what I'm interested in is the technology behind it so things like artificial intelligence mm-hmm. there's like you know that it's a it's a something that we've been speaking about for a num- for a few years right and yet I feel like as as leaders we haven't really got a handle on it and I was beta testing an AI uh, thing that was mentioned in one of our sessions, Jenny. I think you Preneur, uh, one of the one of the folks is on the group said uh, conversion. Yes. So I beta te- it was in the beta testing mode. So I was part of that beta testing mode. It's like twenty dollars a month. Mm. It was mind blowing. And what what was it? It's doing? a copywriting tool, yeah. right? So you put in three sentences, whatever sentence you want, and they will give you five or six different versions aligned to a framework or whatever framework you want, they, you know, one of the marketing frameworks, one of the comms frame, whatever, and it'll give you five or six different versions of that copy. And I've tested a few out before and they're a pretty shoddy, right? You can tell it was written by a machine. This one is really intelligent and the more you use it, the more it starts recognising your tone and your language and your behaviour. And it's scary, in the sense that if your world is very much in this writing world, right, and you're writing copy and all that kind of stuff for people, it's a bit scary. So my thinking is, rather than reject it and go, I don't want to go anywhere near that, it's how do we bring it into the work that we're doing today so we can enhance our work and support the work we're doing and move it forward rather than saying, I don't want anything to do with it. It's going to take my job away. It's a load of nonsense. It's still really mechanical. It's very dangerous. Yes, all of that is true. But then what do we, it's, it's going to happen. It, I can tell you for the research I've done and the due diligence I've done and everything I've read and spoken to experts out there, 
it's going to happen. So we can either choose to be ahead of the curve or just slightly ahead, because I don't think we can ever get ahead of that, and understand actually what is out there. And to the leader's point, what you said is that what do we focus on? It's like, it's not a separate thing. It's like, how do we bring it into our world, right? This technology is existing. So how do we make sure that it can help us with conversations? It can help us with things like DNI. It can help us with the way we communicate stuff around environment and change. You know, how can we use this technology to help us enhance what we're doing? So I, 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 compl- I think taking the metaverse as like the lid, if you like, and lifting that lid off and then having the component parts, I think is an important distinction to make because the metaverse as a concept, I think, to Trudy's point, isn't contextualised enough for people to understand. If we then take the component parts or the things that sit behind that and talk about how that can impact business, that starts to make a bit more sense. If we take AI as an example, and we want to look at how that can enable us and how it can help us and how it can help us with diversity and inclusion or climate change or sustainability, all of those things, there are still questions I have about the fact that the AI and what we're doing is built by human beings who have bias. And there's been so much proven about how things have been built with bias in them because of who they've been built by. Because people are not interacting with it. So there's people out there who are saying, I don't, I don't want to get involved in this. Not, it's not of interest but to me. things that are built, but there's been so many examples where people have used AI and there's an inherent bias in it yeah. because it's all, you know, it's 25 men in a room that have built something, which therefore means that there's, you know, well, certain it can't read, it can't, it can't read different yeah, voices, yeah. different, different, different voices, different, different, accents, yeah. different faces, all those kind of things. So I think, I, I think that's where people go. There's just such a long way for it to go for me to trust that it's going to be useful. But the reason there's 25 men in the room is because we're not talking about it enough for our generation to get involved in. We need representation in that room so we the AI isn't as biased, right? So it's clear that there's more men interested in white men in particular and, and some South Asian men, right, interested in this area. There's definitely a gap where there's black men and black women, you know, South Asian women, white women. There's a massive gap in terms of skills in there. And I think because we don't talk about it as an everyday thing, it's only the people who are really interested in will chat on about it. And you know, you, you kind of glaze over it and go, I've got other things to worry about. We need to be able to talk about it as this is going to be a reality very soon in terms of what access we have to things. It's already happening with AI, right? There's loads of organisations using AI and that's how we get that personalisation stuff. But we need to get our younger generation, or not even younger generation, but we need to get people interested in having that conversation so we can default bypass the bias in essence and pe- more people are involved in it so we reduce the bias mm. but the challenge we've got is there's, there's a skills gap there's there a, is yeah. there's a skills gap in this area people don't know how to access it because there is this thing called digital poverty which is one of the mm-hmm. negatives yep. of this so if you've got money you can get involved in this if but you also have... the perception that you need a lot of money because it's not necessarily yeah. all expensive and there, and there is an element that metaverse is ex- extraordinarily expensive like it's ridiculous how expensive Mm. it is and it's not accessible which is why to both of your points I don't think it's going to be here tomorrow right where's and even in 20 years only only the rich organizations are going to have access to this and but then the worry is without getting really into there might be another episode is that there's going to be even a wider gap between the people who can afford these things and the people who can't afford these things, and there'll be a, the gap will widen. So we need to make this technology accessible. In order to make it accessible, we need to bring people into the conversation mm-hmm. so they can give ideas and thoughts. How do we make this accessible? No disrespect to the traditional IT folks that are out there, you know, the the Bobs and the Days and the Sues or whoever, switch it on and off. That that's they need to be upskilled. 
Because in order to understand AR and VR in particular in AR, you need to bring that skill into business. And yeah. this is where leaders need to pay attention in terms of their digital strategy and think, how do we integrate the skills we need and start looking out for these experts and specialists? So you may have noticed in some job adverts now, metaverse experts. Yeah. So, you know, in comms, so communications manager, metaverse. And they're asking for these kind of skills gaps, uh, skills in the organisation already to pre-plan the next 10, 15 years. And that's what leaders, and that's what they're there for the board, right? Future thinking. What do we need yes. to be yeah, aware but of? I, I, I look at, you know, and, and that's all good. You know, we yes, we all need to get behind it. I think the, the, the missing link for me is, first of all, perhaps the IT community, because of the excitement over the possibilities, haven't been putting the research and the information out there in a way that people can access it well enough because you've got a lot of advancements in this area that they are aware of. I think I went to a session where, you know, they were explaining AI. I think I mentioned it before. And that was the first time I'd heard about some of these things that they 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 were talking of as if to say it was mainstream. It was just normal. Yeah. yeah? And so I think... I think there's a missing link for me in terms of the information that they themselves are providing. And I've seen this before. So like when you go into an organization and they're implementing a 365, it's here's the fantastic technology, but there's not enough of that conversation that's go going on behind the scenes to help people to get from, I don't want to touch it to this is really going to help me and I really want to get involved in it. And I think, yes, the leaders and comms people, you know, we do need to get behind it. I think what needs to happen as well is a real elevation then of the type of research and information that's out there. Because if you're going to tell me like that example of that tool that you just described, that suddenly a machine is going to write my copy, what does that say about education? What does that say about skills being built and, and the people that I need to employ? So what type of person do I need to employ from now yeah. on? Mm -hmm. You know, so it has so many implications. And this is what, for me, is always a little bit of a danger and risk. I know it will happen. I know it's going to happen. But for those who are leading in these industries, have they thought about all of the components? Have they thought about the impacts? And then if they don't know about the impacts and how it's going to affect things. Have they been reaching out to leaders, different communities of people who will actually help them? Because it's all well and good to say it's all white male and we need um, diversity to step up and get involved. But at the same time, how about that sector reaching out no, to all yes. of the rest? No, 100%. That's what I mean. You have to, you, they have to understand that yeah, the barriers do. exist. So they need to go out and, and, and I have seen that there's some really good programs out there to bring people into this business. But I think because we don't talk about it and, and don't talk about the possibilities, yeah. people just don't feel it's for them. But I also, as you were just saying then, Trudy, about the, the consequences of, and, and, and the, and the sort of interconnectedness mm. of all of this with education and everything else, it just made me think of that Netflix documentary, Social Dilemma. Right. You know, and people built social media without understanding mm -hmm. the impact that would have. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people are killing themselves mm -hmm. because of social media. Yeah. And, and the impact that's having on society, not all the time, because there is some good in social media, but there were a lot of negatives on social media, which nobody thought about, nobody considered. And on that documentary, The Social Media, um, Social Dilemma, there are people that created these tools actively saying, don't give your children smartphones, don't be on social mm. media, actively come away from it. So I struggle then with 
the net with a more immersive experience when the people that did something you know 15 years ago that's now having a really negative impact in some parts of society because they couldn't see that was what was going to happen mm. so if i then put on a headset and i'm immersed in a whole other world yeah. in 15 years time from that, like how how bad could that be to some people which is where i think which is what i think is difficult about the metaverse actually if i think about it is is there's quite a lot of talk now about the negatives of social media and what that's done to society mm-hmm. that I think to then create something that's more immersive, and, I, and maybe I'm just thinking about my own thought process and thinking out loud, is if if what we've got now is is borderline dangerous, why would I want to go one step further into something more immersive when I'm already being told step away from this a little bit. And I guess, how do you control it? Because the next and thing is the regulation. It, yeah. And and I suppose that's where it's a bit, it, there's no encouragement, I don't think, to go forward when there is actually people saying, we need to just stop a little bit and just realise the impact of what we're doing yeah. from a tech perspective. And I think there are, that, that some of the tech giants are looking into the security and privacy of doing this. And there has been some pretty terrible cases of the metaverse and abuse taking place in the metaverse yeah. that hasn't been... Um, addressed in the right way and there's loads of incredible campaigners and activists I know he's talking about them who are involved in the metaverse who are doing lots of fab work in this space Mm -hmm. to make sure that before it becomes more public and more accessible to everybody they've got the rules and regulations in place however it, there are some people who think it, it's, it's you know, because they're trying to decentralise the entire thing so it doesn't really belong to anybody. But when you de- decentralise and you don't have the laws of the land... Yeah, then it's a wild west. It's a wild <laughs> west, right? And that's the whole, the blockchain... I mean, we, this is a different world, but that's the whole blockchain thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and this is... In a, and if you think about... We haven't spoken about NFTs, which are non-fungible tokens, and we're not going to talk about that on this <laughs> episode. <God. laughs> People becoming, we need like a little a glossary yeah. of terms. I <laughs> and, I, and I will share a glossary of terms to yeah. put on our show notes so you've got them. But the, you may have seen these, you know, bored ape uh, images that are going on around Twitter and, and Twitter have now like got this, um, you can use it as a as a certification that you've got a real NFT. And I don't know we're going to go into this episode um, about what NFTs are, but people are becoming millionaires from it. And, and they are growing and people are buying land and Fashion houses like Birkin, Adidas, Nike have got NFTs that people are buying to put on their avatars. You know, thousands, thousands. And these are not real assets that you hold in your hand. These are things in a digital world that people are investing millions of Mm. pounds in and even land. So the virtual land they're building. It just makes you want to go and live on a boat. I know. The virtual land they're building. But but these are all the early adopters, right? So these are all the early... These are like us, what we were like 20 years ago when we first got our like smartphones and our parents were like, what were you doing? Like, why are you on Facebook? You know, all of that (laughs) stuff. And now all our parents and grandparents are on Facebook. (laughs) Yeah. And we're all moving on somewhere else. Snapchat and the rest of it, And it's taken 20 years, right, for people to kind of get to that stage of like catching up with us. So, you know, my mum and dad and all that wouldn't have dreamt of joining Facebook when it first came out. It was not their world. 20 years later, they're on it and they're like, like we've left it in, in some aspects. But mm. And that's the met- I think that's the metaverse, really. Mm. So I think in the gaming world, it will keep growing and keep developing. There's some incredible stuff. I'm going to I'm going to link a podcast that we did with a guy called Rahul, when, uh, and a leader like me, and he's a 
an expert in this space and we Puri and I interviewed him and he shares some really incredible insights about the metaverse and virtual reality and all that. So I'm going to link that episode if you do want to dig a bit deeper into it. I'll also share some jargon busters and all that if anyone's interested in a blog that I've written about it. But my, I mean, there's no top tips on this. I won't even put Jenny in truth. <laughs> Thank you because What's I was thinking, live on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> there's no top Get tips on this one. The thing that I would say about tips is, is, is around the whole thing of due diligence. I mean, I know there is research out there. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I was raising it as an issue, but if you're if you're a leader and you are, you know, curious about this, maybe you have the same questions that Jenny and I have about it, and you just don't know where to start. It's about you know actually making an effort to get the information because some of it is out there. Mm -hmm. You're right. And it is about, you know, commissioning people to do the work like you did for for the client. You know, I'm commissioning someone to do a piece of work for me to research um, certain topics that are not, you know, something I've got huge amounts of time to invest in really digging into that and understanding it. So I'd rather get some help from someone to do that and then tell me what I need to know. Mm -hmm. So I think there is that, there is a need to invest. Start looking. There is also, as much as we've joked about it, there is a need to upskill, right? Because in several episodes in this season, we've talked about the fact that you can't really get involved in something if you don't know. And I think as much as we're sitting here and I, and, and I do struggle with elements of it, as I've said, and I, I, I really struggle with the whole social media stay away from, but come into this immersive land. Um, I, I, I do find that strange, but I don't know enough about it to have mm. a, a formed opinion. So there is that need to go away and upskill yeah. and, and see how it can fit. And there are... There are some really great things it can do. You know, there is, you know, VR and gaming is a world I'm, you know, lightly familiar with. And I think it's incredible, you mm. know, what you can do and and how immersed you can be in a world and how much escapism that can bring. Um, but I think it's it's understanding how it can apply to organizations. Yeah. 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 So that's my one tip is is upskill, and that's for myself. Yeah. And my, <laughs> mine would mine would be do the research and do some reading yeah. and, and and reach out to those people who are experts who do know about it and so on. And for the people who are selling it, pushing it and so on, just bring it down to our level. <laughs> yeah, give us you some know, context. Yeah, put it and give us some context. context and not not necessarily showing us people on bicycles flying around the place because that is not necessarily helpful. But, yeah, it, it's 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 the reality yeah. of it in terms of my you know, here we are today, what does it really look like played out? Yeah. But I would challenge that a little bit, Trude, and say that an element of that is, you know, those who are into the communicators who are interested in space, it's our opportunity here to get involved and support those tech folks to simplify it or make it, not even simplify it, but make it easy to understand in terms of... That's the bit that's missing. And that's that's the bit that's missing from tech into reality. Because like all these things, you know, you, you kind of see you know, this is our vision and it's amazing. Yep. You get really excited by that. Trudy and I are slightly terrified. We're like, <laughs> but if there's someone, it's a bit like when, when uh, Professor Brian Cox talks yeah. about space, right? I mean, even when I've seen him speak, I feel like I know all the words you're saying and I know what all those words mean. Yep. But when you put them together, I don't understand. <laughs> and that's how I feel a bit about some of the things like, yeah. you know, blockchain, metaverse, things like that. And that's why we need to learn. But it's, you know, he has a very, very clever way of being able to translate concepts and theories yeah. that are are really up there yeah. to someone to like something me, normal you know like penny from big bang theory who can understand yeah. what he's talking about and that's kind of, that's what we that's what yeah. we need so if you could find that person yeah. and then let us and, know who they and are and to find that person you have to um you have to have an interest in it right yes. and it's people like us who are you can take a complex issue 
research it and make it yes. easy for the wider, broader audiences yes. to understand. And, you know, with things like Microsoft at the moment, who's taken out Mesh, which is their version of the metaverse, right? And it's an element that's now available to anyone who's got Teams. And you see, you might see that on your on your kind of platforms that you have. It's like, well, what does this mean for me? And how can we bring this in? And is it something that we need? And it's being curious, right? It's being curious and yeah. understanding it and looking at the language. And, you know, it was it, it is a fascinating world. And it's something that I would say, don't be scared of. That's one of my top tips is don't be scared of it. It is scary when you look at the challenges, especially like to Jenny said, you know, I understand the words. I understand the kind of meaning behind the words. But when you put it all together, <laughs> it's I a lot of but there's so there's a myriad of research out there and I am going to say I'm going to share what I can in our show notes so if you are interested in this space then check those out I am always I've said it on my DM on my Twitter feed and Instagram quite a few times now it's a, big, a bit of an obsession but if you want to have a conversation about it then I am always happy to have a conversation in this space and I've done things like um, matching it against the employee journey, right? So what, do, what does that look like against employee life cycle and all that kind of stuff? And and I love it. And I, I just think it may not be tomorrow, it may not be next year, whatever, but it's something that I want to build my confidence in. Well, and I think yeah. that could be a really interesting topic for our next season yeah. in terms of how do you, for, to our point of we need to have some context. Yeah. So maybe next season we can do an episode on how does, you know, bringing the metaverse into the employee life cycle where yeah. there's yeah. context for people to kind of how does yeah. it play out in organisations. Yeah, yeah. Because be if you if you if you think about it, the progression is going to become normal. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we normalise it for everybody? Yeah. You can't you know? stop progress. You can't, you stop, can't progress. stop progress. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's from Muriel's wedding. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Is it? yeah. <laughs> get to me I don't know sorry maybe it's not well, I don't I'm, know I'm gonna go and put my virtual reality goggles and go to a beach <laughs> enjoy. So, enjoy enjoy yeah <laughs> thank you for listening if you want to find out more or subscribe to our newsletter visit camedgerebels.com We'd love to continue this conversation, so please connect, ask questions, and share your thinking with us. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, under Calm Edge Rebels. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to rate and review us.